Hallelujah, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And welcome to this, our special Easter Sunday Sermon Podcast from Claycomo Baptist Church. Today is Easter Sunday, April the 17th, 2022. Pastor Scott Gordon continues his study in the cross with The Cross Before and After, Part 2. And now, on this blessed Easter Sunday, we send it to Pastor Scott. Turn with me to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. This year, during this time, this focus at Easter, we have looked at before and after the cross. A week ago, Palm Sunday, we looked at what Jesus said before the cross to his disciples because he said, I do not count you as servants, I count you as friends. And I have told you, and he said very plainly at least three times, what the cross was all about. So today we want to look at after. What happened after the cross, after the resurrection, Thursday night when we gathered here for our Easter Thursday service, we focused on the cross, Jesus going to the cross while he was there, and those chilling and yet comforting words, the very last thing he said, it is finished. What is finished? Not Jesus. Our sin is finished. Our separation from God is finished. Our inability to bring honor and glory to his name is finished. Why? Because Jesus has died once for all. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And as we get to those responses we're going to find in John 20 and 21. I want us to just listen to these words from John 14. Here Jesus is telling his Disciples, very likely the circumstances, they have left the upper room and they are headed to the garden. And he begins to say to them along this way, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. You have heard me tell you I'm going away and I am coming to you. If you love me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. I have told you now, here's why, I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you may believe. Jesus knew his disciples, they're just like you and me. Sometimes confused, sometimes it will nod their head like, yeah, I get it, and we don't have a clue. And that was Jesus' disciples. It is even as we're going to look today. I am so thankful for this wonderful picture at Easter. So many contrary to expectation things happen. In fact, speaking of the very dawn of Easter. Sunrise services. Anybody ever participated in one of those? I have. Saw a posting this week about that, though, and it kind of made me chuckle. Said, we are having an Easter sunrise service, but keeping it in line with the Bible, only the women are invited. <laughs> Every one of the Easter accounts you read, the very first to report, 
the very first to be at the tomb were those women who followed Jesus closely. In an age where their testimony would likely have either been ignored, scoffed at, or kind of half-heartedly, yeah, okay, whatever, taken in a judicial court, God chose them to be the very first to announce the good news. He is risen! Oh, what a beautiful picture we see. So let's first of all look at John chapter 20. I'm going to hit some highlights in the first 10 verses. And thinking about after the cross, running toward, running toward the cross, running to figure out all that is going on with what Jesus has said. And we find ourselves looking at a running race in John chapter 20. Before we get there, I mentioned as we get started, the starter of this race is Mary Magdalene. In John chapter 20 and verse 1, we read, On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. And so she's like, huh. She had gone back to fulfill what was expected of those in the Jewish culture when a loved one died. But because of the timing of Jesus' death on the cross, they had to bury him quickly. The Sabbath was going to be observed, and this was the earliest they could get back, and she was ready. But she wasn't expecting what she saw. Even though she had heard the testimony, the disciples had heard the testimony, I am going to Jerusalem, I'm going to be, behaved, be betrayed into the hands of evil men, I'm going to be spit upon, I'm going to be beaten, I'm going to be put on a cross, I'm going to die and rise again. And yet she goes to the tomb expecting to be able to take care of the rest of the, the burial rites that were necessary, and she goes and finds the tomb is empty. So she heads back in haste and, and excited, confused, and, and upset to, to uh, see what had happened. And we see, first of all, the front runner uh, of the guys who get the news. John chapter 20, verses 4 and 5 says those two, that's Peter and John. They heard it and they said, oh man, we got to go. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter. The other disciple is John and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloth lying there, but he did not go in. It stopped him in his tracks. He found himself in a moment still trying to figure it out. Now the runner-up is Peter. He lagged a little bit behind, but as Peter is wont to do, he's, he got there. Mary Magdalene got there, saw the tomb, headed back to tell the guys. The rest of the disciples, guys and gals together, gathered John gets there, stops him in his tracks. He's like, what? Peter just runs right on in. I'm thankful for all these wonderful disciples that are just so real and honest when they tell their story that we have preserved for us. Verse 6, then following him, Simon Peter also came. He entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. And you would think, okay, they've heard it all. They've got it all figured out. Here is it, it's over. It's done. We got this. Perfectly understood. Here's a partial victory in verse 8 and 9. We read there the other disciple, John, who had reached the tomb first. 
then also went in, saw, and believed. And here's his own telling on themselves. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. So he believed, and even in believing, there's a little bit of, huh, okay, I kind of see it, but now what? There, there's a, a, a measure of hesitancy because it, it still is surreal. It, it is that point of swimming in a sea of confusion and hope. Maybe we've all been there. Over the past several years, I know we've been there at one point or another. With all that has gone on in our world, we see, we hear, we have read our Bible, we know the promises, we have heard them, we share them with each other, and still at points, we sit there and go, can it really be? And the good news is, yep, it can. Absolutely, 100%. Even if we don't fully comprehend or appreciate just how great this promise is. Folks, I think our, our issues and our challenges as followers of Christ in our world is not that we don't see the promises, is that we don't get how good they are. We, we do not really sit down and start to allow ourselves to think about what we see revealed for us in God's word. Just like those disciples walked with Jesus, heard from Jesus, talked with Jesus, and then said, uh-huh. And we're still kind of scratching their heads, just like we are today. And so we need to keep running to, we need to keep running to the cross. We need to keep running to that tomb to see that it is empty. We need to keep running the race that God has set before us. But maybe we're like, not the other disciple whom Jesus loved, but the one who ran on into the tomb. He, he was there with John. He walked back out. And yet a few days later, even after Jesus has appeared to them in a room that is locked where he should have never been able to get in, we turn ourselves to John chapter 21. And we find the disciples. We, we usually want to blame the ringleader. And he had a big voice, but there were others with him running away. Now by running away, I'm not saying trying to get away from Jesus. Here's what it is. It's just going back to, I don't know what I can do. Here is everything that we see, and it is wonderful in verse 1 of chapter 21 to read this. After this, after this, what is it? After all that we have read, in John's gospel, if we think through the privilege of having all four of these Gospels and thinking through all that they went through. It says, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. That's another name for the Sea of Galilee. He revealed himself in this way. So John sets up one final revelation, one very significant circumstance in the life of the disciples. Peter, and then if we look at verses 2 and 3, Simon Peter Thomas, who's called the twin, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's sons, that's James and John, and two others of his disciples were together. And Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. It's not that Peter hadn't seen Jesus resurrected. He had. It wasn't that Peter didn't believe that Jesus was alive. He knew. Here's the situation. 
I bet Peter's like a lot of us. Oh, yeah, I can see all that's true. I'm just not sure what I need to do. I'm not really sure what I can do or if I'm worthy to do it. So what does he do? Like a lot of us, he just goes back to what he knows. Guys, I'm going fishing. And they said to Simon Peter, hey, we're coming with you. And they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Here's the good news. When we won't or when we don't think we can, Jesus has a plan. And it typically floors us. It's a really kind of moment. You mean me? You mean now? You mean here? You mean you still are talking to me? You still? You really? And the answer is absolutely yes. Verse 4. When daybreak came, remember these disciples are out in the boat. They've gone all night fishing and they have caught nothing. These guys were experts. They were fishermen. When daybreak came, verse 4, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Friends, Jesus called to them, you don't have any fish, do you? No, they answered. He tells them to cast the nets on the other side. That's where the fish were. Don't you think for a moment they hadn't cast all the way around. Jesus said, now, cast, and he provided. In the midst of all this wow moment of a what is going on, really kind of thing, verse 7, the disciple, the one that Jesus loved, said to Peter, it's the Lord. And, of course, he's just kind of like pointing out, hey, that's Jesus. Peter, again, runs into the tomb. He just dives into the water. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tied his outer clothing around him, for he'd taken it off. He was dressed to go and do the fishing thing and plunged into the sea. That plan that Jesus has that floors us, is that he pursues the unqualified and the disqualified. Peter, I'm going fishing. Y'all, okay, we'll go with you. They were so focused on just doing whatever, they didn't recognize Jesus. It was Jesus who pursued them. And it's so beautiful that he did. He calls them to come on in. I mean, Peter's there. The rest of them are following. They come on in. Hey, let me prepare breakfast. They sit down. They have breakfast. Verse 15. Let's pick the rest of the story up there. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him. You know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. So there's that picture we know that it goes from that first question to a second. In verse 17 then, we find he asked him, that is Jesus asked Peter a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time. Now, it's not because he's going, come on, Jesus, man, I've already answered this. Didn't you hear me? No. 
we know the picture. We've heard the story. Once for every time that Peter denied, Jesus said, do you love me? It's not that Jesus was unaware of his denial, of his betrayal. It is that he pursued him in spite of that. He redeemed him and he called him to his service. He called him into a relationship with him. Verse 17 continues. After Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Jesus said, it's never finished, the story that Jesus is writing. I'm thankful for that. You say, wait a minute, wait a minute. We just said it is finished earlier and and all this, and then there's coming a day he's going to return, we'll be in heaven. You've got all of that right. There are going to be chapters that are finished, but the story is eternal. Our stories are eternal, everlasting life. In light of Jesus' pursuit of the un and disqualified, what does the life of a gospel runner look like? Verse 19, this wonderful passage. He said this to indicate, speaking of a question that Peter had about John and his death and all of this, and he kind of lays everything out for him in, in a very concise way. And John summarizes this section of the story this way. He said this to indicate but what, by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. After saying this, he told him, follow me. He said, follow me. He had said that so many different times and in so many different ways. If anybody would want to save his life, he should lose it. He said, come and to follow me. That is absolutely 100% his plan for us. And what makes it possible is not how beautiful you are, not how intelligent you are, not how rich you are, not how much stuff you have, not whether you're a man or a woman, but because of who God is. And everything centers on the resurrection. How important is this resurrection Sunday of Easter week? We are drawn in to focus on all that happened in the biblical account of Jesus' life. And each and every day. You see, because not just this resurrection Sunday, but next Sunday is a good Sunday. Not just next Sunday, but the Sunday after that. Hey, and really, every Sunday is just the beginning of another blessed week of each and every day walking with Jesus. And all of it is important and is possible because of the resurrection. Because what Paul said previously to that church in Corinth, if Jesus is not alive, we're pitiful. It's just, why bother even? But he says, since he is alive, oh, how good it is. You're listening to the Clay Cullen Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. For more information about Clay Cullen, please visit.
www.claybap.org.